Unstable, Statement from Wizards, and previews from the new sets of Magic. YSNPG Extras, Bright, and Unearthed Arcana. Reviews of Grizzled and Summoner Wars. All this and more on this episode of You Shall Not Pass Go. Welcome to episode 23 of You Shall Not Pass Go. We are your hosts, Dave and Jengis. And we are hosted on GeekAid.com. What's your geek? Unstable. Unstable. So, so... Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm, all right, I'll just say it. I didn't expect to enjoy the Unstable Lands as much as I did. I bought a box really? of Unstable. I wasn't planning on buying a box of Unstable, but I did. I bought a box. I actually ended up buying two. There's a story behind that. Um, I, I, I bought a box of Unstable, and as I was cracking packs, I was getting the foil tokens, and I was looking at the Unstable cards, and of course, they are ridiculous, and we'll talk about <laughs> some of those in a moment, but the obviously the, the cards of the set are the borderless, full art, gorgeous lands. Yes. And... I did not expect, based on the pictures that I had seen online, to be so enamored with them until I was cracking packs and holding them in my hand and looking at them. And I think there's something that just... This is one of those pieces of art that I don't think translates well on screen. Yeah. It's something where when you hold it, it's just really beautiful. And instantly I was like, I need to have as many of these as I can get. Really? Yeah. Like, you think? do you think the whole value post... I mean, they definitely went. They went with a very. Uh, they went with a different design than they normally do for yeah. these uh, full art lands. Yeah, no borders, uh, man. No Except borders. Very, very bottom border, very little bit, and uh, and, and a sort of tr- almost transparent or slightly transparent top border with the name. But it, outside of that, I mean, it looks like a, a darker, like darker theme as it, far as like you know uh, normal lands go. Um, like you get a lot of like you have a lot of blacks, but you also everything's kind of like toned down. I love um, it, man. You know, swamp, but but they accentuate the colors in each card. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, unsets are also known for their full art lands. Yes, that um, has been a consistent theme between yeah. the three of them, and this is no different. And it looks like you know they they really knocked it out of the park. I'll probably have to buy a box myself just so I can have a full set. It was it was worth it, man. And I'll tell you what, those lands are going for. Um, like three to five dollars a pop. Oh yeah, yeah. You can buy a play set of each for like fifty bucks. Um, but anyway, I opened. You know, you get about seven to eight of each when you when you crack a box. Plus, you get full art um, tokens that have foil on one side, full art on the other, which is really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, and except for the un tokens, which those are just foil. But even still, and surprisingly, you know what? I gotta say, I like the foil better than I like the full art. Only because, like, the whole purpose of my tokens is I want something that says exactly what it is. And while full art's nice, like, I would really only use that if I'm using a token that I don't have. Like, if I have a sapperling that's an unusual power and toughness that I don't own the token for, mm-hmm. I'll use the full art and use dice to represent the power and toughness. Yeah, but that if makes it's your, sense. But if it's your basic 1-1 one, one sapperling, I'd much prefer to have that power and toughness listed on the card. Um, that's why I get tokens. But regardless of the tokens, yeah, so I... I got the lands, and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, man, these things are gorgeous. And in my box, I actually pulled, I was lucky enough to pull a foiled planes. Really? Nice. I did. And I sold it immediately. I put How it much? on 50 bucks. What? Oh, yeah. 
I sold it on eBay for 50 bucks. This is authentic. This is all, I, I did not, that's not like a, we knew about this beforehand. I mean, we, I, think, I, well, I think we said this on a previous cast. I, I, I wait to tell things to Jangus. He waits to tell things to me but for this purpose. I was, um, whoa. Yeah, wow. I sold it for 50 bucks on eBay. Um, and then I turned around, took that money, bought another box. Pulled another foil planes. I have that listed on eBay right now. Um, so, <laughs> it's the machine. You're not guaranteed a foil land in a box. It's not a guarantee. I mean, that makes sense. Um, I was very lucky to get a foil twice. This one I listed for 45 because the price has dropped. Um, hasn't sold yet. Price might fluctuate down to 40. I had an offer for 40. I turned it down because I was like, let me see where the market goes. I want to see if I can sell it for 45. Um, but I might roll it over into another box if I can. Um, simply because, like I said, if I can replace in my commander sets, I'd love to. Re- uh, my excuse me, my commander decks, I would love to replace all your as lands. many lands as I can yeah. with these beautiful, gorgeous that makes lands. Sense. Um, so yeah, so that's my my little commander um, unstable opening. Mm-hmm. In terms of the cards, I mean, we sort of said a little bit of this, I think, in the previews um, when we talked about the set. But honestly, as far as unsets go, this is pretty tame in fact there's a lot of cards in here that i'm like you could black border these and it really wouldn't be an issue um they you know i I recall back to wizards you know when they were doing their big product announcement like you know in the summer i believe Mm -hmm. you know when they announced everything and they that's when we first heard about this new unset uh and you know mark rosewater was freaking losing his mind um and you know he tried to talk all about it as much and he tried to talk about as much as he could but you know they're like oh don't say anything about it don't say anything about it and he's like we're making a new unset it has the sensibilities of a normal set but with you know that unflavor that everyone loves and everyone's you know everyone's like how can they really do that and they did it they did it and like it's it it makes me want them to take stuff from this set and put it into a, a, a standard set because, like, there's so many, so many great ideas here. Yeah. And, like, it's so fun. It is. And, and, and honestly, you know what? Even if they didn't take it and put it in a standard set, I would love if maybe some of the cards would be eyeballed by the people that run the commander lists and maybe use them. In fact, fun fun fact for those that listen to this early enough, um, until I believe January 16th, the um, whoever the guy is that runs the commander rule set yeah. has temporarily unbanned all silver cards except for a, he, has, he does have a small ban list of like the, yeah, you know, <laughs> no crazy Mox Lotus or anything. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, there's like a, a pretty solid list and most of the cards in Unstable are legal in Commander right now until January 16th. So for our next meeting of uh, Magic, I actually created an Unmander deck. Oh, really? I did. I created uh, a, a deck. What a fun play on words. Right? Unmander. I, I'm creating it with X, who I think is by far the, the, standout, <laughs> the standout legendary creature of the set. Now, X is... Two cost, very cheap, one blue, one black, uh, human spy, and two two. As long as X is in X's opponent's hand, X's owner can cast X and activate X's abilities. That uh, that opponent cannot cast X and plays with his or her hand revealed. And then the two activated abilities that X has is tap one blue, one black, and tap to put X in a target opponent's hand, and tap three a blue and a black, and you can play any card in the same hand as X without paying its mana cost. So you drop X onto the field um, on the next turn, unless he has haste and you have the mana, and you have the mana already. You tap him to throw him into opponent's hand. You now see 
see their hand and you can now play cards from their hand and they can't do anything with X. You can continue to use X's abilities while in there. You can even use it to send it to somebody else's hand or whatever you want to do. It's just, it just gets tossed around into hands. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's, I think he's a really fun commander. That's wacky, man. I know. And so this, the deck that I built is a mill deck, which I'll probably end up keeping just taking out the few silver border that I have here. Because I'll be honest, I didn't go crazy with silver. Um, in terms of what I put in here with silver borders. <laughs> it's the meanest kind of commander deck. Right. Um, it's like denial and then mill. And then like those are the top two. Well, this like, is mean it's, commander decks. <laughs> it's mill. Mill, I'm going to play your stuff. Oh, God. Like that's, that's Wait, the deck. Uh, What's his face play a similar deck, uh, um, Andy? Similar, but not the same. Um, in terms of silver, I have Phoebe, head of sneak, who was my other choice of commander, um, who steals all of the text box of a target creature <laughs> permanently. Um, I have split screen, which is a cool artifact card from Unstable that splits your deck into four decks, and you reveal the top card of each, so you can see what you're going to draw in each deck. And and any time something would refer to your library, like even your draw step, you can choose which of your decks to draw from, or choose which of your decks to shuffle or choose which of your decks to do anything you want to do with, which I thought was a really neat idea. Um, Animate library, which turns your library into a creature. I love that. (laughs) Um, Spy eye, which is a neat little creature that when he deals damage to a player, you can draw a card from their library. Um, Graveyard busybody, who uh, says all graveyards become your graveyards or count as your graveyards. Um, Graveyard busybody's power and toughness are equal to the number of cards with flavor text in each graveyard. And that card pairs really well with Over My Dead Bodies, which (laughs) is an enchantment that says creature cards in graveyards can attack and block as though they were on the battlefield, can block or be blocked only by creature cards in graveyards. They are zombies in addition to their other types, and they have Undeath Touch, which if they would deal damage to a creature card, exile that creature card instead. That's so mean. Right. So all graveyards become my graveyard. And creature cards in your graveyards have haste. Yeah. And then all the creature cards in all the graveyards are technically my creatures, as well as their owners. So they can't attack me with their undead creatures, but I can attack them with their own creatures. Or no, I can attack their opponents. It's complicated. It's un. Um, I'm using Spike because Spike is just a fun card. Spike allows you to pull a card that, you know, is banned in any format and put it into your hand <laughs> um, from outside the game, which is pretty much what do you have most cards. Up? What's up? What do you have lined up? Anything. Because <laughs> technically, how many cards are banned in standard? No, that's true. Any card that's currently not in standard is that, banned in standard. That really doesn't. Oh, that's stretching the rules. A little bit, but <laughs> technically. But really, I mean, Emrakul. Yeah. Okay. Emrakul. Yeah. Chase the Mind Sculptor. Okay. All right. You know what I mean? Um, spell Counter from Unhinged, which is a counter spell, but it's a gotcha card. So anytime someone says spell or counter, I can say gotcha and return it from my graveyard to my hand. <laughs> Flassify with the semen card, which <laughs> counters target spell unless its controller pays three and a half mana. <laughs> and I believe, oh, one more. The last silver bordered card uh, from Unstable, five finger discount. Um, a sorcery where I can put target non-land permanent into my hand and then I can spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast that card the next time I would cast it. So I could take any card in the field and be like, mine. <laughs> You got a real mean deck, Dave. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like, you know, certain things are just not supposed to be tampered with by Dave Marconi. <laughs> and maybe uncards are that. 
The, that's not even the de- the bulk of the deck is oh, like yeah. crazy mill, crazy steal your stuff and let me play it. Like oh. counter spells, oh. like it's great. I'm it's I can't great. wait. I actually <laughs> I finished this deck up today, so I'm very excited. I haven't play tested it yet. Um, so yeah, all in all though, like I thought the unset was great. The only thing I'm not a big fan of, I think contraptions are overly complicated. Um, like I see, I see a place where they might be fun, but they, I think they have the same appeal as like a plane chase or an arch enemy. It's that extra level of things that start happening where I think it would just slow down the game and causes things to be more complicated. Uh-huh. So honestly, I could, I could live without the contraptions, but in terms of the cards themselves, I mean, I pulled the Urza. Which I was very happy. Did you really? I did. I have Urza. <laughs> do you have a printout of all the things that he does? No, I because oh. that's not what you do. You have to click. It's yeah. random. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> random. Um, I pulled the dinosaur splicer guy. Really? Yeah, I pulled. I pulled pretty much every mythic um, between the two boxes, except the only one I know for a fact I did not pull. I did not pull the Sword of Dungeons and Dragons. Really? Yeah, in two boxes. Which is like the one card I kind of really wanted. I wanted X because I wanted to make the Commander deck. um, And I wanted the Sword of Dungeons and Dragons and didn't pull it. I mean, I can buy it. That card is not going to go anywhere in price. It's going to be $5 tops. (laughs) Um, So I'm not really worried about that. But um, yeah, all in all, I say that as an unset, two thumbs up. For lands alone, eight thumbs up. Like, that, <laughs> like, like for me, that was the draw. I would buy another box. I, I don't need the uncards. Honestly, I yeah. have so many now that like I'm. I have almost the entire set. Of course, two boxes. And and <laughs> but for the tokens and for the lands alone, I believe the unset is is extremely worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what about you? For me, you know, I I I love this set. Like I said, like there's just you know, I like the. The the way the cards have synergy with each other, whether it's like if they have the same watermark or if they have flavor text or all the squirrels and how all the squirrels come together and squirrels are great. Um, and then like, you know, all the, the silly tongue in cheek things like uh, uh, the infinity golem where he his power is infinity or infinity elemental his power is infinity but his toughness is still five yep. <laughs> so he still dies to five squirrels like <laughs> yep. oh yeah um you know uh and like it, there's a lot of like great uh there's not as much uh shenanigans shenanigans yeah right. there are still some shenanigans yeah, but it's not as yeah. it's not like go get me a drink exactly. go open a pack of magic mm-hmm. go I do mean, there is but it's like yeah but it's not really <laughs> but i'm saying like as far as like interaction with another person goes largely it's optional um, it's more tame it's more tame uh like it that gets left hanging we try to go for a high five yeah right <laughs> and if they don't you know um it's ridiculous but uh and then i love 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 the mishmash cards where you could put like two different cards like so you could get like a robo you know yeah. human the splicer or, yeah, the splicer like those cards are great. It was such a great idea. I was like, whoever whoever wizards thought of that, like, deserves like a raise because yeah. that is like genius. And I want more of that. Yeah. Because like that's so good. Like, why isn't that just a thing? You, you know, know? I'm thinking about it now. There's actually one more silver bordered card in my commander set. Somewhere in there, there's a cheaty face. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yeah. Well done. Uh <laughs> 
Uh, you know, it was like, and, and that whole host and like, uh, it really adds a great set. You know, I, I love this set. Uh, I'm going to probably buy a box myself event, hopefully soon before it gets really expensive. It's already climbed in price. It yeah. started around 80. It's jumped to about 100, 110. Well, derp. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to give it a shot. Now's the time to buy, man. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, all in all, I also would give it two thumbs up. I think Wizards did a great job. I don't want a set every year. Um, no, I think keep unsets, it, keep it spare, like keep it sparing, keep, keep it sparing. Make like let those lands like yeah. let them increase let in them value. Yeah. yeah, if it has to be like every like five years, then let it be every five years. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's fine. Yep. Keep it that way. Um, but yeah, that's so wizards. Speaking of yeah, our, speak, our pals at wizards. So speaking of uh, the card uh, spike, yeah, um, the model. So, you've probably already heard of this, but we'll reiterate it. Yeah. Uh, the the for for anyone who might not know, uh, the model of Spike, uh, you know, there it's based off of an actual person who modeled that card. Mm-hmm. Um, is a, uh, a a fairly popular uh, Magic the Gathering personality. Um, they re- they uh, it's not recent at this point. It's not recent, but they did a a show. Um, uh, what was it? It's like tear. Um, do you remember off the top of your head? I don't. Well, it's like it's kind of like a game show where they have to they get a, a pack in front of them or a card in front of them, and they have to pick one and then tear it up. Um, and uh, you, she teared up like uh, a masterpiece, right? Um, and the the angry basement nerds <laughs> on the internet went crazy started giving her like death threats started like you know being really vicious to her on social media so much so that she deleted her social media presence mm. because it was just it was too much yeah. you know you just people can, person can only take so much sure. and she stepped back from magic altogether um this brought back this brought about an outcry from the community because we're all not evil uh you know only a vocal minority of us are but only the know, neckbeards man only the neckbeards um uh you know not, and, i mean granted we don't believe that if you have neckbeard you were evil yeah. it's, it's it's you know stereotype you, you know what we mean <laughs> you know one or two at least yeah right <laughs> um you know uh so this this brought out you know like i said public outcry um, from the people who who were like, you know, why is this allowed? You know, why did we let the, you know, why did Wizards let this happen? Uh, so eventually, uh, Wizards had to come out and make a public statement about this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, regarding community guidelines, uh, so that something like this can be more easily moderated in the future. I would say yes. Um, I'm gonna bring it up real quick. Um, A commitment to each other. Yes, a commitment to each other, building a community together. Because if anything, magic thrives on a community. Read it off. All right, I'm not going to read the whole thing. (laughs) Just the black box. Just the black box. So they they made a they made pretty much like a a thing that's going to hang in stores. Yeah, like a statement that's you know this is the you know the the commandments of the wizards community. Right. Um, Like a mission statement type deal where when you walk in and play magic, you're going to see this statement from now on in a local hobby shop. I will read this verbatim. A commitment to each other. Magic the Gathering brings together millions of players, tournament organizers, judges, retailers, and Wizards of the Coast employees from around the world. These expectations help us keep our diverse community healthy as we share our love of games. Number one, put fun first. Competition is a part of magic, but win or lose, we keep it friendly, respectful, and fun. 
We've already talked. I mean, we've already talked about stories where people did not keep put fun first. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> there have been there have been plenty of stories that we've had over the years that we've talked about that. Uh, number two, welcome everyone. Our community includes all kinds of people. No matter who sits down at the table with us, we make them feel welcome. Number three, respect your play environment. We are all caretakers of magic, and that includes the spaces we play in. Each of us helps maintain a clean and safe environment for all. Cough, wear deodorant. Cough, cough. (laughs) (laughs) And then number four, follow the rules. We comply with all local laws and event rules to foster an experience everyone can enjoy. So ultimately, you know, this... This had to be said. Wizards had to lay down the law. This is Wizards just... This is them officially saying, don't be a dick or you can't play our game. Which, I mean, yeah, I know that there are going to be some people who are like, oh, why are they trying to like you know lock us down? But at the same time, I want to be like, if you're a decent human being, none of this matters for you anyway. Pretty much. You know? Um, you know, they go, they go on to say that if you spot an issue, contact the owner of your store. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, play a place... Or, or, Owner of the store, stream, or play space first. Um, you know, they hope that they'll be willing to address this issue. You know, I'm sure no one... I've heard plenty of stories... You know, I've read plenty of stories where people experience this kind of stuff, where someone loses their mind, they talk to the owner, owner kicks them out, mm-hmm. gives them a ban, you know, for either a temporary ban or a permanent ban. Sure. You know, uh, usually owners know that good business is not letting people, you know, harass your clientele, mm-hmm. you know. So uh there there if you if you ever experience this out there, they they should be they should be more than willing to help you in these regards. Yep. Uh and if you truly feel uncomfortable, you know, you can reach out to someone else. Um and, and like they said, I mean they keep, I mean it's pretty self-explanatory. It is. It it's is. just it's look, if you play the game, any game really, it doesn't have to be Magic the Gathering. Remember that it's a game, and especially if you're playing it in a public setting against strangers, um, even more so to keep you know keep composure, keep calm, and and just try to have fun. Does it suck to lose? Of course it does. Does it suck when your opponent houses you? Yes, it it does. But and if they make a bad play or if they do if they make a decision you don't agree with, anything can happen. Um, at the end of the day, though, it's a game. Don't be a dick, please. Uh, we're going to move on to some previews. You know, we were going to talk about Rivals, but honestly, I think we should hold. We should probably hold on Rivals. There's not that many cards out there, but if you're interested, you can definitely look at a handful of spoilers we, from Rivals. We have a taste. There's a small taste. Um, more uh, dinosaurs, more epicness. Yeah. Um, we'll probably get back to Rivals in, in, in next month's next cast. Month we'll know. Um, because it should come out by then. It comes out in January, correct? I think February. February? Maybe. All right. But regardless, I will say... Um, we do want to talk quick about a promotional image that was released for Richard Garfield's return in Dominaria. That's right. Uh, uh, a very <laughs> heavy character image. Mm-hmm. They, with, uh, they, they showed the key players. This is, as they said, as Wizards has said, this is them taking a step towards moving away from the Gatewatch in every single thing, you know, um, and hopefully introducing... Another set of characters or a storyline enclosed in the plane that should be enjoyable as well. And, and we know the th- characters that they chose, three of them. <laughs> three of them. Teferi. We're <laughs> yeah. just like, oh, okay. Uh, Karn. How'd he get out? Don't know. Like, wasn't he's, he? He's back in pod form. <laughs> and curiously enough, Joyra. Joyra. The yeah. time mage. Yeah. Like, 
Maybe it has something to do with what's going on in Dominaria. Maybe she's the reason Karn's out. Maybe she twisted time a little bit yeah. and went back and changed things. I don't know. But so, all I know is that... Uh, <laughs> what? Wow. Those are three major players that, right there. They are really big. So we're at least going to see... I mean, they have art. So you have to have... like these. Are, this is new art, too. Yeah. This is not art we have seen on other cards. So you assume they're going to get each... Each a, of them will get a new card. A new... Will they be Planeswalkers, each of them? I don't know. They're all Planeswalkers, though. Yes, but Teferi and Karn have both had creature cards as well as Planeswalker cards. That's true. So we don't know what we're going to get. We assume Planeswalker, and Joyra has yet to have a Planeswalker That's card. That's true. She's only she had been, a creature card. Has she been established as a Planeswalker? I don't know. That's hmm. a good question. Why don't you tell us, audience, if you figure out whether or not Joy was a planeswalker, if you want to speculate, you can email us at ysnpgcast at gmail.com. That's right. Uh, at any time, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would them, be... We read them, and we'll read them out. Yeah. And we'll shout you out. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, though, I don't I don't know. I, don't, I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, but... It's interesting. I'm looking forward to Dominaria. Yeah. Um, um, last little bit of I'm magic. Not ex- I'm not excited for Karn. Because- oh, no, come on. Karn is great. <laughs> I'm, they're not going to make another... I don't think they'd reprint the, the same Walker card. It'll okay. probably be... Nerf him somewhat? It's gotta, he's got to be. Okay. It would make two four-ability Planeswalker Karns that are ridiculous. Like, it's too powerful. Too powerful. Um, last bit of magic I wanted to just talk about. Yeah. It's just a small little extra thing. Fun fact. So, for the holiday season, as a stocking stuffer from my mother-in-law, I had a couple packs of iconic masters speaking of dave's impeccable luck yeah um <laughs> listen sometimes sometimes it's on sometimes not so i've won the lottery but i definitely won the magic lottery that day i opened up a pack of iconic masters and you know i didn't film it because you never expect to get something really good you just you just kind of hope but the first one i opened up from the stocking stuffers that my mother-in-law gave me and there was only like three packs in there i pulled a foil mana drain See, I already know this, so unfortunately Dave already told me about this, so I can't react naturally, but I did lose my mind. Yeah, I, I, I stopped breathing momentarily. I started making unintelligible sounds. Um, I fell over. Bevan was just like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, uh, 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 uh. I mean, I, I've never... Listen, I, you know how many packs of Masters that I've pulled over the years how and many? I've never pulled the card? I don't know. I'm, you know what I'm, I'm, it's a rhetorical question, Jenks. I don't know how many packs. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, think of all the times Tarmogoyf has been reprinted. I've never pulled a Tarmogoyf. Not once. Like, I've never pulled the card of the set, let alone the card of the set in foil. I pulled a Mana Drain in foil. I was... I was over the moon. Um, over the moon? Yeah. So that's... Uh, we'll end on that high note with our MTG stuff, and we'll move on to Dungeons & Dragons, starting with the monthly Unearthed Arcana. That's right. Um, as always, we take a look at the month's Arcana, and this time it is Elf Subraces. Um, they've expanded them. Uh, yes. Um, so the we got... You know, we talked previously about uh, Eldrin and the Gizzerai. Um, but this time around, uh, we got, you know, we got two more or a couple more. We actually. got sea elves. Yep. Sea elves. So we got the sky elves. elves. Here's the one that really bothered me though. Shadarkai. Why did that bother you? Why is Shadarkai being listed as an elf sub race? They are their own thing, man. Like Eldrin, you're like, okay, fine. Maybe, 
Eldrin are are also Elfie. I get it. List them as a subrace, but Shadarkai? Weren't they originally Elf? No, they were Shadow people. Yeah. Like anyone could be a Shadarkai. Yeah. I believe it was. And it's weird that it is now like you are Elf, you are Shadarkai Elf. Like that's strange to me. It it bothered me. I'm like, this is not an Elf subrace. Mm-hmm. This is its own thing. Um, there's definitely, you know, no art. <laughs> um, but well, as always, the unearthed material is always playtest material. Yeah. So take it with a grain of salt until yeah, it comes obviously. out in something like Xanathar's Guide. Um, but you know, all in all, uh, there you know, it, you know these winged elf, winged elf, sea red, elf, sea elf, and uh, the Greyhawk elves. Yeah, um, which are like you know the the wild animal yeah. elves, like the uh, the forest elves. Yeah, the really rangery elves. Yeah. Um, that aren't like your your Lord of the Rings or your uh, elf types. Um, uh, just quick note: I think we missed another one too. They did a uh, tieflings, two new tieflings sub races as well. Oh, that I, was a, that was a previous month. I guess we must have missed that. Yeah, one. we didn't really look for it. I didn't know of it at the time. Interesting. Um, what were the two sub races of tiefling that they added? I could tell you. They added uh, oh. Tieflings that were uh, linked to specific Lords of the Nine Hells. Oh. Um, so you get, like, something so special depending as, on the Lord of the Bloodline. Yeah, yeah Beelzebub. Okay. Uh, I feel like they've done something like that before. This is just, a, I guess, a rehash of it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe did they do Did Pathfinder do that? I feel like I've... I've I think Pathfinder did it. Yeah. But uh, I can't be 100% sure. They also talked about uh, cults. Um, you know the of if, the nine if, hell lords of the nine hell lords. If you okay. want to put them in and uh, demonic boons, oh, that's weird. Which I'm assuming uh, are like feats. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, for yeah. like the different demon lords. Cool, the demon princes, I should say. Um, so that's you know some fun stuff to check out. We'll put links to these to, in the show notes as always. Um, so uh, I gotta ask you now that we're seeing this. Yeah, do you think? What do you think? Is going to and we didn't really put this down, but what do you think is going to be the the next book we're going to? It seems to be a yearly thing. I, I mean, um, let me put it this way: I don't think it's if you consider Volo's Guide to Monsters as Monster Manual two, mm-hmm. and you consider Xanathar's Guide as like PHB DMG two. Yeah, it's going to be another one of those. Mm-hmm. It's going to be another. Here's a bunch of playtest material. We've we've because there weren't a lot of sub races in uh, there know, weren't and there's yeah. tons of stuff we've gone over in on Arthurkana that wasn't in Xanathar's yeah. Guide but I think that I don't think we're going to get I'd be surprised if they ever gave us something that straight up said Player's oh, Handbook yeah, no, Two no. they're never going to do that again I, I'm pretty sure they're just going to continue along the lines of let's take a character from the lore of D and D and have them write some literature in their own little flavor um, I know you're not much a Twitter guy. But uh, recently they did a uh, <laughs> they did a thing. Uh, uh, who do you want to write a guide, and what would they write a guide about? There it is. Um, and uh, one of what I suggested was Elmester's Guide to Pipe Tobacco and Other Herbs of the Forgotten Realms. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have been. I, I probably would have done Guy Gaz's. Guide to Dungeoneering. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. I like that. That would have been my <laughs> my choice. Um, but, like, they got a whole bunch of fun suggestions. Uh, they got a whole bunch of serious suggestions. Or what was... No, what was Gary Gygax's character's name? Zagig. Zagig, thank you. Zagig's Guide to I Dungeons. Like, I, I did twist my head there, but... Yeah. Took me a second. Yeah, Zagig. Zagig. Zagig's Guide 
to dungeons to, to dungeoneering. <laughs> dungeoneering yeah i think that would be it um while we're on the topic of uh, just a big book of traps D D <laughs> games and stuff so i recently you know we released um the first episode of the uh new rocco campaign solo the ysmpg extras which you listened to you enjoyed i did i enjoyed it for the most part. Yeah. And um, I'm in the middle of editing the second episode, which I think is even stronger. Um, but James and I also just played in the second um, session. I won't call it episode because we don't know how those are going to break down. Mm-hmm. Of a, a soon-to-be series coming. I don't know if there's even going to be the first session. <laughs> yeah. We, we, it's the... Our friend Alex, we talked about this before, we ran did a game. Talk about this before. Um, and he will be joining, he will be bringing that that series to Geek Aid. Um, and that will be a strictly D&D session series of this this party of adventures that Jenks and I are both a part of. That's right. Um, and the interesting fact is that my characters are like polar opposites in both games. Um, like they're the same character, they're both Alibris, but I think I mentioned one is a mage who is. Um, whose arcane tradition is the divine and in Alex's game I'm a cleric whose domain is the arcane so they're like they're both sort of doing the same thing in in different ways (laughs) Um, and they're both different in that sense but anyway um I just want to talk about what your what were your feelings on the the flavor of this this second game that we had now with uh, with Alex. I mean, in terms of Rocco's game, like I said, I kind of want to leave a little bit of mystery there. I want you to listen to it, but I thought it was what was nice is that in the first game, and I feel like we had the same thing with Alex's game. Is the first game has a lot of exposition. There is a lot of exposition. You have to you have to start. You have to world build, especially if it's not a world you're accustomed to. In Alex's game, it's Ferun, but it's like. Alex Faroon. Yeah. Rocco's game. Yeah, McFaroon. And Rocco's game is a world of his own. So it's it takes time. But that makes the second game that much stronger because I feel like you can then just sort of skip a lot of that and go right into the heart of what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm 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 enjoying playing in both a lot. Uh, what were your thoughts on the second game of Alex's? So the second game, um, you know, I won't go into too many spoilers, um, but we we got we got thrown in a, for a loop at the end of the first game. Mm-hmm. Little twist, uh, little twist. We didn't see coming. So the second game was a lot of like, what happened, mm-hmm. kind of, uh, what caused it, and what can we do. Uh, ultimately, we don't know that answer yet, but we kind of found a side quest. Like, uh, boy, did we find a side quest! We found a Holy side quest crap! Uh, the that pro- was I was. I mean, once again, spoiler free here. When you hear it, I was I was shocked how like the magnitude of the quest we undertook as a level two person. I was like, this feels <laughs> like a quest we should not be ready for. It was very intense. Um, but I could see where Alex is coming from uh, as far as like making interesting things. Yes. You know, at the same time, the villain of the quest I feel acted to comic book villainy mm-hmm. because there, we'll just once again trying to be as spoiler free as possible. We met a villain that had essentially unlimited power and had already established a background of being able to do whatever he, he wanted, including wipe your memory. And when we figured out what we considered a nefarious scheme, there was no reason we should have been left either alive or with our memories intact. Um, no reason. Like, none. We, my character tries to justify it in, in-game, because as like an assist to the, <laughs> the plot. 
but from like a from from a perspective of like just straight out logic in my mind i was like there's no reason or we we should be walking out of here intact yeah um and then when we did it felt forced it felt like this was a um a way to keep the party from like tpking or a way to make i don't know like it just seemed very like like held back. Yeah, I understand. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it would have been very, very like, and I would have been fine with it. The memory, especially memory wipe. Like, I totally would have been fine. Like, waking up and not knowing any different, and then mm-hmm. coming back to that quest years later when we have more experience and something happening where our minds sort of remember. You know what I mean? I I felt like that was such a good setup for what could have been a long term villain, yeah. like somebody who, especially someone who um, I will say the villain had good intentions, mm-hmm. but you know. As one of our party members said, the old adage of the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. I, I think that that would have been a great setup to come back to that that same villain later. See how, like, perhaps the corruption of this power has gotten to him. Have our memories restored and now the abilities to do something about it, maybe. And you know what I mean? Like, just just something more than sort of that held back flavor. There's so many opportunities in the game that... This villain could have just done anything to us. Mm-hmm. I understand. Um, um, I took it more as a... Um, because I kind of understand where uh, some of what Alex is drawing his inspirations from. Mm-hmm. You know, just the kinds of games. Um, I don't think... You know, it was... Like I said, it was a... Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. It wasn't... It wasn't bad by any sense of the mean. I yeah, had yeah. tons of fun with it. Of course. I'm just saying from a from a, a perspective of my own flavor of storytelling, it just seemed it seemed forced and held back. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's I, I understand the way he's telling the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done similarly in the past. You know, I've created I've created these So did I, man. These... In fifth grade, that was all I did was send <laughs> everybody was always I mean yeah, Terrazos but, you know, has metal arms because the gods get involved. It's true. Like, but, um, but even then, you still kind of based it in reality. Or not reality, but within the rules of the game. Right. Um, you know, even even when we made, like, artifacts, those still were also within the rules of the game. Right. Um, you know, I, you know I, when I did... Uh, I, I'm trying to remember if it was, like, a D&D or if it was, like, when I messed with, like, a World of Warcraft kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you know, I, I created these... These like MacGuffin items, like that gave people power um, that they Objects shouldn't have of some kind. No, not like that. <laughs> um, but you know, not to that extent. Yeah. But like you know, similar uh, like and you know, villains that had powers that weren't really officially rules, but like served to kind of do sex mocking that kind of way to you know, this is a boss you can't beat. This is like, uh, and you know, people will look on that in hindsight and be like, you know, maybe I could have handled this a different way mm-hmm. um, that was more engaging, but it, it served a purpose of the story. Sure. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't anticipate ever dealing with. I mean, we still. I mean, we, we, there are still questions left, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure they were purposely left, you know, oh, yeah. up in the air. Um, but you know, I, I, I could see like wanting to make a an impressive episode quote unquote sure. you know rather than you know hey we ho- we head to the port and we head back to where we were well i mean <laughs> like, <laughs> but i'm just saying there could have been something as simple as 
a story-based reason as to why, like, limit the unlimited power. The way in which he was receiving his unlimited power, there was ways in which you could have played around with, like, there is a limitation. Not a very strong one, but enough of a one for a plot mechanic for it to make sense that, okay, this is why we're able to survive this moment. Yeah. But the precedent that was set, it just seemed very comic book villainy to me. I'm like, this is, it's the equivalent of monologuing. It's just like, there's no reason, like, why, why does the Joker just stab Batman? I understand. You know what I mean? Like, why doesn't he just shoot Batman right in the head, it's right in the face? Because he loves Batman. Why well, no? That's different. <laughs> We've established the Joker and Batman a very specific relationship. But I'm just saying, like, you know, it was just, it was just such a very, it was such a very that moment. Yes. Yes, it was. I will refrain from saying peas. Uh, <laughs> he dropped his pop filter. I'm not going to even attempt to edit that noise out of the middle of my sentence. So now you all know he dropped his pop filter. Um, um, but, but yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, ultimately, though, I still enjoy it. I I did, I, it, and it's very interesting feel, for me. I feel bad because, like, I I wanted to so. Um, you know, I, I don't know when the first game will come out, right. but towards the end of the game, I got very tired because we go very late with these games, mm-hmm. um, and I I normally go you know go to sleep by then, so my my body starts to like shut down. So what I did to counter that was one caffeine and two was talking as much as I could because. The more active my brain was, the more awake I was. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, I mean, I did that through Gareth, through my character Gibbs by just quipping as much as I could. It was a bit much. <laughs> it was a bit much. There's a moment, there's actually I, I, a moment where the character was going, like, um, Alex had had the, this villain character go through, go through a monologue, something that was very important and I knew was meant to be a more heartfelt, sentimental moment. And Jengis started throwing puns out every couple seconds and I, I sort of like looked at him and I was like, Jengis, like, Come on, man. Yeah. Like, let him speak. And I did stop. But like I said, I know it got much. Yeah. But like I said. It's very punny. I, I tried to do my best to stay awake. And I think I did pretty well. You did fine. Um, you know, it, Like I said, keeping my brain active helped. Um, well, you know. Talking about world building. Yeah. Um, and interesting world building. A movie came out recently. Yes, it did. Bright. Bright. A Netflix movie. Um, with a very interesting world because it's our world, kind of, but like D and D, like if you mix the two, urban fantasy, yeah, um, very reminiscent of like Dresden Files and like, but even less so because at least in that it's it's hidden, it's hidden. But this is very this blatant. is like this is like if our world had not only had the existence but it was normalized. That was the one thing D and D modern or like a shadow run. You yeah, know, like, like I feel like. Before we even get into the movie itself, I think that right, right away I'll say the one thing it did very, very well is making everything seem normal. Yes. Nothing seemed, like for the actors specifically, when they're talking about something that's so outlandish or ridiculous, I never questioned it. I never was like, this this is, this is stupid. They're being like, oh, it's magic. Like everything just seemed like. Normal things with normal people with normal problems. I mean, the the one example I'll give is in the beginning of the movie, Will Smith's character's at home. He's with his wife. He's waking up, um, and there's a fairy that is like a uh, in 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 this movie. Fairies are like like pests, like the same way a, a mouse or a cockroach would be a pest, and a fairy is outside um, taking feed from the bird feeder, and his wife is just like. 
would you just go deal with that? And he's like, no, just call the exterminator. Like, <laughs> like, like a very normal conversation. Like it's yeah. a fairy. Yeah. Just a very normal, like, oh God, the fairy. And like, you know, this whole thing. And he has to go out and he like swats it with a broom. Like he kills it. He, he kills that he thing. Murders yeah, that he fairy. murders that fairy. Apparently fairy it's lives don't, does. as he says, fairy lives don't matter today. Oh my God. He says. Um, uh, I liked it. I don't um, know about that. <laughs> I mean, well, first off, before we get into the nitty gritty of the movie, did you like it? I enjoyed it. I did too. For free. For free. Um, it, it's not without its. It's it, not without its issues. Oh yes. But I think overall, like I would see a sequel. In fact, I almost wish for the sequel more because I'll tell With you this: the universe is set up. Yes, because I feel like the one thing that this that this movie didn't do was in itself like during the course of of the movie itself it needed more world building mm-hmm. like they didn't actually i think they don't they didn't have enough exposition to un- for us to understand <laughs> what was going on there were so many things i wanted to know right <laughs> but now this movie serving as exposition for a sequel i think the sequel would be great i agree but i i maybe it just needed like so the, the the primary plot of the movie is... Uh, well, first of all, this is the movie Bright. It's directed by David Ayer, written by Max Landis. Yeah. Uh, stars Will Smith uh, and uh, Joel, Joel Edgerton. Edgerton. Yeah. Okay. Um, he, so Will Smith um, is playing a cop. Yes, he is. Whose name, uh, last name is Ward. Mm-hmm. And he's a human. And his partner in a very Daryl zo- Ward. Yes, uh, his partner in a very Zootopia fashion. Um, if you see, you've seen Zootopia, actually I haven't. Oh, fantastic movie, man! Yeah, I, Highly rated. I understand on Netflix. It is on Netflix. Watch it. Okay. Well, for those of you that have seen Zootopia, you'll know that in Zootopia, um, it's Zootopia is about the story of a bunny who wants to become a police officer in, a, right. in an animal kingdom world, and there's never been a bunny cop because people think that bunnies can't be cops. <laughs> exactly. Who compare this to Zootopia? It's the same no. thing. I understand. Like, I can't tell you the the parallels were there in in Bright. Um, uh, Joel Edgerton's character is what Jacoby Nick Nick Jacoby Nick Jacoby, who is an orc, and in this world, orcs are a strong parallel for the the general minorities of America. Um, that is where one of my issues lies. But continue. Really, I will um, tell you later. Okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, and he is. But I mean, even lesser so. They're like. It's a hybrid between how we treat minorities in America, but also how orcs are treated in D and D. It's true, um, and which is a very different treatment. Like you know that stereotype of all orcs are evil and you know like mm-hmm. killing orcs sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the first orc cop, and he's trying. He's part of this program, part of the LAPD, and he's part of the LAPD, and he's Will Smith's partner. Um, cue that into a snowball of other things that happen. Um, and but that's the movie. Like it tried and true. It's a it's a cop movie, buddy cop movie. If you can call them buddies, I wouldn't call it buddy t- cop. I wouldn't call it buddy cop. It's more like Training Day, but like Let he's not though, crooked. I I feel <laughs> so bad for Jacoby. Like oh, from the from the get go, I was just like this guy. Like Will Smith, man, his Ward is a dick. And by the end, you sort of like Ward, but even then, like still not friends. You're, yeah, you're just like you're just like man, give this dude a break, like. He's so genuine. Um, well, let me talk about it now. Yeah. So this is one of the one of my one of the complaints I had with the movie outside of world building exposition. World building, yeah. Um, what does blooded mean? You don't know. You don't know until the very end. And even then, it's kind of a letdown. It's kind of a letdown. We'll get to that. Yeah. Go ahead. So um, 
This is speaking on a, on a social commentary kind of but stage. Like, spoilers, we're just going oh, yeah, to say yeah, yeah. from here on spoilers. out. I mean, and we're not going to say what happens. I probably will. Okay, Dave will say what happens. So, um, first so, off, you already so, heard whether or not we liked it. Now we're yeah. getting into the nitty gritty. So, um, there, I don't know if it's just Max Landis's writing, um, but just there, it's it's fundamentally not believable that this is a world where. People can be uh, racist to minorities except for African-Americans because there is, like, very clear, like, if if this were this world right now and right. works, Will Smith's character would not be treating Jacoby as bad as he was. Well, I think the idea is no, that... No, I understand. Is that the, the... But, like, the parallels are there, and, like, it's... I, I think their idea, their intention was the racism between humans doesn't really exist. No, it does. Because Ramirez, or Rodriguez says, they still blame Mexicans for the Alamo. And I'm just like... That's true. <laughs> that's why I'm like, you know, it's... That's... It might be nitty. It might be. It might be lessened, though. I don't yeah, know. It might be nitpicking, but I'm just like, you know, it kind of like I, I, so ac- so I accepted it though, so, so I could enjoy the movie. Yeah. See, <laughs> so, so the way I see it is, even though they say that, I get the feeling that general racism between humans is lessened. Bar- are less because we're all humans because yeah because there's more to worry about yeah and the prime races um it are um you know there's the orcs the elves and the humans those are like the big three we know that other we, races exist yeah, they talk about dwarves i think they say nine races in total yeah, the nine armies um, was the yeah. was, was the event that happened we see centaurs we do see centaurs we hear about dwarves mm-hmm. um I'm not sure what the other armies consisted of. Once again, this is and one of those we'll things. Never with, know. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those things. With, actually, you know what? I I think it did all right for a Netflix movie. I agree. I, I it might get a sequel. I hope so. Um, or a prequel. I hope I want to see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll tell you what. Like I said, I, I think with a little bit more world building, it could have been really something special. But even then, I enjoyed it. Um, a bright is a special sort of chosen being. So a bright is a person who can use magic. Yes. Uh, in this world, magic exists, but it's still not a commonplace thing. It is uh, It is feared because of how powerful it is. And still the majority of people are still using what we, what normal weaponry. Guns, yes, guns. tasers, yep. swords even. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know... It's interesting, and I guess, I don't know if this is true, but, like, a bright is usually an elf. Usually, like, elves are more in turn, like, they can become, they're brights more often than not. Right, and, of course, you know, it, one in a million humans or one in a bajillion humans is a bright. It was a very nice Chekhov's gun. Yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert, if I you mean, didn't see it coming spoiled. It's a in the, mile away. It's in the trailers. It's the previews. I know. Will Smith is a bright. Um, how, well, how do you know? We don't know. No, we know. Okay. If you're not a bright, you touch a magic wand, you're dead. Yeah, and they you show do, that. They, they show, show what that. happens. Yeah, you do, and they say it happens, and then they show you that it happens. <laughs> and of course, in the trailers, you actually do see him grab the wand, which is how you already knew. But even <laughs> if you didn't see it in the trailer, like, I mean, that would be the obvious thing. The moment is fun. It's a- my that was actually one of my complaints. 
Because if you were going to go with the obvious, it should have been Jacoby. It would have been fun. That would have been that would have that, been poetic. That would been poetic for but, him to be like that moment, especially because like they go on and on about how Jacoby's family isn't blooded, which the entire movie like what the hell does this so, even mean? I mean, my interpretation of blooded is like you're not a member of a clan. And in order to join a clan, to be an official member of a clan, you have to become blooded, but, which is you have to perform a heroic deed and be recognized by the clan. Okay, but we don't discover that that is what blooded is until three quarters of the movie, and even then, oh, we're not even sure what the process is. When they talk about it in the beginning of the movie, you think it's like, I thought it was like something genetic. Yeah. Like, it, like literally, like in his blood, he does not have... Clan. Yeah. yeah. Like I was like, what does that mean? But yes, you find out that if you are a if you do a heroic deed as an orc, you can get uh, honored by fellow orcs. And the honor, how they perform the rite, is they literally just make themselves bleed and raise their hand up to you, and you become blooded. But I, I think that was my issue. My issue was they made such a big deal out of it that I wanted it to be something more than just a, a, cere- a ceremonial sort of mm-hmm. honor- honorific gesture. Um, I wanted it more magical. Something like where these orcs would like maybe they give some of their blood to him and like 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 as it hits him like his fangs regrow and he like you know what I mean? Like this something more in the terms of fantasy where it's like we see the a significance to this that's that they put such emphasis on it that my, it bothered me how concern, casual it my was. My concern with that was like I did not know if he wanted to be blooded. Like he said, being a cop is more important to him than anything. Mm-hmm. But like, did he always want to be blooded? Like, is that just like not being blooded, not being recognized by a clan or by your people? You know, is that like? You know, you're ostracized because of it. I mean, yes, you, know? you definitely I are. Mean, yeah, that's I, what they all they say yeah. that at the beginning of the movie. The dude on on the Joe Rogan uh, radio yeah, hit station. Rogan. They're just like he's just like he's not a part of any clan. He's not blooded. He's a, he's like a cut off finger. Like you yeah. know what I mean? Like they, um, you know, and like, but like for the entire time, I didn't think it really mattered to him until the end, where he felt pro- proud to be blooded. Of course, you know. Well, because being blooded, I don't think it's the act of being accepted by orcs so much more as it's... it's Are you the ho- sure? Because I feel like it's being accepted by orcs. Well, I mean, no, no, I'm not saying that's being not what it is. Being recognized by I'm saying people. what was important to him, I think that was part of it, but I think the bigger deal, it's the honor of knowing that people consider what he did heroic. Yeah. Because that's his whole thing. His whole thing is he wants to be a hero. Yeah. He wants to be the good guy. He and he is. He is. He's, he's such a good guy. He says it. I am a good cop. You know, like... He's a fantastic cop. He's yeah. a great guy. He's, he's a he's a vanilla... Like I, he, I felt so bad for him, man. Yeah, man. Constantly. Yeah, it's, that's, you know, it's a, it was a corrupt department. And also, like, another thing that bothered me... racist. They give, they give all the crap for the orcs for picking the wrong side and, like, the whole whatever. But I'm pretty sure they set up that the leader of this the horrible army, the Dark Lord... Not Sauron, not Voldemort. We don't know if it's, like, just the Dark Lord. Yeah, he's a Dark Lord. Um, supposedly, was an elf. Yeah. And yet elves are... High society. They, they are. They are the, large. They are the one percent. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, I, I loved the graffiti opening. Oh, that was great. that was awesome. There's a lot of storytelling in that. Yeah, like, that was know. probably the most exposition in the movie. Was right there. Probably. Like, you, know, you had. Um, but one of the things that I really loved was it was the graffiti of this like almost um, omnipotent elf-like figure 
holding a human and the human is like like curb stomping an orc and it said they hold you up to keep us down and i was like man like that's it's like yeah. that was something else there's something else um I, there's a couple things i you know there like i um i liked the the despair you know they, they clearly showed despair. also hold on great soundtrack just gonna put oh, yeah. that out there fantastic, fantastic soundtrack. soundtrack um, um you know they they showed the disparity of the races pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I also liked the the leader of the the Fogtooth Clan, which is the Orc Clan. We we kind of get involved with in towards the latter half of the movie. Um, he gets more story than any of them. Yep. You know his backstory but more I, than anybody else. I, I love that. It was backstory. a great backstory. It was just so interesting to think like there's you know obviously just like in America like different communities in different places you know mm-hmm. like you said he came from miami miami has a great orc community and they they interact well with other races right. he wanted to bring that over to la and that's what he did and that's what he tries to protect makes you, know? you wonder what jersey's like i think jersey's pretty much just like jersey yeah, everybody's like, cool no but there's a couple pockets no it's the <laughs> it's that stripe of blue in the middle where everyone's cool and then, and then you have the really racist parts <laughs> the top and bottom <laughs> <laughs> no offense to anyone who lives in Northwest Jersey or South Jersey. Oh but man! Goddamn man, get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. I, 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 but all in all, like I said, I, I think for for free. Um, and you know what? I keep saying that like an insult. I would say even if I had paid for this movie. I still probably would have been satisfied. I agree. I have my I the had action my gripes, was good. The action was good. It was good I, action. I it's I did not enjoy it. I yeah. really did. Good, but good twists and turns. I mean the the question I have to say good is good acting. Yeah, I mean the real question is this is did I enjoy it more as a viewer because it was in my wheelhouse of things I like or does the movie hold up enough on its own to be okay enough to watch for the regular viewer? Because like Part of my interest was the D&D aspect. So already they kind of have me saying, all right. But, like, if you're not that type and you go in watching it because you want to see Will Smith and, you know, you want to see, I don't know, a cop movie, does it hold enough to it to where you leave satisfied? That's a that's a real question. Yeah, that is a good question. Um, I'd be curious about that myself. So, hey, if you have any opinions about Bright... And you're not really let us know what you thought. Yeah, let us know what you thought. Yeah, um, I know my one friend hated it, um, <laughs> but you know that's he hated it for a lot of the writing and mm-hmm. like the just the the choices they made. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, granted, like I. <sighs> Listen. I don't think a fairy should have been at the very end of that movie. I don't think they should have put that fairy there. She just panned out. She just panned out in the award ceremony. Ceremony and I, just like that's it. You know, like look, I. I, I say this all the time as as a as a film teacher. Um, when you go into a movie, you have to not set expectations, but you have to understand what it is you're going to watch. Understand what you're going to see. If you're going to go see an Oscar worthy movie, then set your expectations to this should be Oscar worthy writing, acting, um, cinematography, editing. You have to go in thinking this is going to be a high caliber movie. And then if it disappoints, fine. Because you that was the standard that that movie went into. If you're going into bright Batman versus Superman, Justice League, like if Suicide Squad, if you're going into these movies, 
I don't go in thinking, yes, this is going to be the best movie in the world. I literally go in thinking, I'm probably going to enjoy this. I hope I'll enjoy this. But I don't expect much out of it because honestly, like, you have to, you should be able to tell. I understand. Marvel movies? Yeah. I ex now I expect much. Star Wars, I expect great things. You know, Oscar movies, I expect great things. Dopey little action flicks or horror movies, I go in thinking like I expect to enjoy this. And that's it. And, and when I say enjoy, I mean it from like a like a overall. Like I'm gonna have nitpicky stuff, but that's that's it. And I feel like you you tend to enjoy movies better that way than anything else um i still give bright i'll give bright two thumbs up i'll give it a thumbs up i was gonna give it one but i want to give it a little boost i'm gonna give it one i'll give it two um because um, like i said i still enjoy it but like realistically I, one but my heart gives it two. Oh, that's nice yeah <laughs> uh yeah and rounding out um our D uh a little extra something uh, it happened last night, in fact. Last night for... What'd you do? I went to a murder mystery dinner for a Ooh, birthday party fun. for a friend, Andy. It was a lot of fun. Um, Andy's wife, Gwen, set it up. She bought a a pre-made, like, self-contained murder mystery story. Came with everything she needed. Really? Yep. You and because those things. It was like a website. Oh. And because she was the host... Certain things she had to get like her family members to do for her because she also wanted to play and she couldn't know certain aspects. But this particular murder mystery dinner was called like something to the effect of like the uh, the Council of the Immortals or something. Oh God! It was a little it was a little cringy. Did they kill the Illuminati? No, it was a little, <laughs> it, it was it was a little cringy with some of like the writing. I was just like, was this written by a fourteen year old girl? Like I was like, come on now. But um, my immortal, it was it was there are these guilds of immortals that are hidden away from the normal uh, the normal people of society. There's the fairy guild. There is the were guild. There is the um, vampire guild, uh, uh, the mages guild. And then the watchers, the watchers are like the like Uatu the watcher. No, Aww. the watchers are a mortal group. Um, who their whole thing is they know about the immortals and they're the mortal representation. They also are in charge of like helping to make sure everything stays under wraps. Are they are they like the Dresden Files like what? Like, sort of. Wardens? Sort of. <laughs> um and th- and this was a council meeting because there had been murders lately of some of the watchers. And there's a spectral being called the Inquisitor who has come to the council meeting and trapped everybody there because the Christopher knows that someone at the, at this meeting is the, is the killer. And it's up to all of you to all of us to figure out who the killer is as the night goes on, as most murder mystery dinners go. Um, I was King Arthur, actually Ah! Prince Arthur. Yeah. In this world, the, the mages guild consisted of Arthur Guinevere. Gwen was Gwen. Um, Arthur's Merlin, not really a mage. Merlin and Morgana. No, he's not. That's That was a big thing, too. Um, Merlin and Morgana. And in this version of the world, Merlin and Morgana are the king and queen, and they are Arthur's parents, which was interesting. What? Yeah. It's, like I said, 12-year-old girl. Um, what is going on? Anyway, 
Arthur is not an accomplished mage. And in this story, everybody thinks he's the great wielder of Excalibur. But in this, uh, Lancelot, who, is, who was his brother, his was, brother. <laughs> was actually the person that pulled the sword from the stone and was a very accomplished mage. He died of mysterious circumstances, which made Arthur the new heir and the wielder of Excalibur. And he's just essentially like, he's the bumbling younger brother. <laughs> Um, I had such a fun time playing Arthur. I bet you did. In fact, I got at the end there were little awards like who, there was money involved because it takes place in, in now, like in 2017. Yeah. So there was like money, like fake money involved, and like who was the most richest, who had the best costume. I won best performer, um, which is good because you know if I didn't, I'd be a little upset at spending thousands of dollars on a degree for that specific thing. <laughs> um, but I I really enjoyed playing Arthur. It was cool. You get like a little backstory packet um, that involves like a little a little character creation stuff so you know like where, where your character's coming from and then during the night itself you get like certain secrets that you know, gossip that you know, items that only you have. There's spells, there are like weapons, there's ways to commit murder. There was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Interesting. I had a blast. Um I won't say who the murderer was in case you ever go out and buy it. <laughs> yeah, or in case I buy it and decide to host my own version of it. Um oh. It'd be great. It was, it was, uh, listen, it was, it was really fantastic. I had a lot of fun, but I got to, for a night, I got to play Prince Arthur Pendragon and I had a lot of fun. Like, man, because the character's just great. He's essentially a braggart. You know what I mean? He just, he just talks about his, his exploits and most of them are, are all fake. So I would just be like, who wants to hear about how I killed the black dragon? And what was really fantastic was the, um, the girl, the, the, the woman that was playing Morgana, um, would constantly just undermine me and it was just so funny because she would be like she would be like yes the black dragon known as the mouse in the living room <laughs> and I'd be like mom <laughs> come on or I'd be like you know for five dollars I can perform a great feat of magic and I had a deck of cards and and she's like I knew that money spending the uh, for you to go to magic camp worked out really well and I was like mom <laughs> like it was, just, it was it was fun there was like fun stuff but also like the intrigue was great I did Though I figured out who the killer was, I second-guessed myself at the last minute and wrote down a different name, but I was right with you my fool. initial instinct, um, which was a shame. But I had I had a lot of fun. It was really neat to kind of role-play in an urban fantasy setting, and it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Very cool. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I think you I think you would have enjoyed it a lot. I would have loved it. Yeah, and I... You which know is, how much I love role-playing. Yeah, which is why I think, like, maybe... Not soon, but maybe like over the summer, I might have like a gathering of our group and maybe do a murder mystery dinner. You know what I mean? And just sort of like be the host. Either the same. I, I would love to do the same one, but I, I wouldn't be able to. I could play. I could play. I could play dumb. I just. It's not like. Just like how you would play another game of time stories. Yes. But essentially, I would just have to. Yeah, I'd, I'd play dumb. Um but it was great, and there can be, like, there was enough characters to where if you did die during the night, you could go and get a brand new character and come in as somebody else in the game. Ooh, that's good. Um, yeah, so you were always playing. And even if, if, if uh, the main characters ran out, you just became another Inquisitor, and you had Inquisitor abilities. Another ghost. Yeah, so it was just really fantastic. Um, fun time. Fun. Board games. Board games. So we've got two board games on the table All today. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, first one we're going to talk about is Grizzled. Grizzled. Very small, self-contained game. Yes, it is indeed. About shell shock and PSD of war. Yeah. PS- wow, wow. Not PSD. PTSD. Thank you. PTSD the was the anagram. <laughs> what is? Well, man, I can't even think of that word. 
Anagram is. No. No? It's not an anagram. That's where it's mixed up. Oh. Uh. We're smart. Um, but that, yes. Post-traumatic You're stress. A teacher. I know. <laughs> but I'm not an English teacher, and that's the important part. Uh, yeah, it's a game about post-traumatic stress uh, disorder as well as, you know... You know, so it's set co- during the First World War. Yes, and um, there are battles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's how many people can play? Um, we played I'm just with two of us. But right what's now. the two to five? Two to five. You get a plays sm- great with two. Yeah, yeah. There's like a. Oh, it's actually. I'm gonna tell you. This game was difficult. James and, and I. We we. We, we lost barely, the first time, didn't yes. we? We had to play twice. We did. And we lost the first time. It took us the first time just to kind of understand the mechanics. But even then, like, it was tough. The game tries to get you. I mean, there's so many things the game throws at you that um, puts, you know, puts, tries to, like, get you to fail. I mean, there's so many things. You have a hand um, of cards. Yeah. Um, everyone has a hand of cards. And then there's essentially a deck. And your goal is to work your way through like the mission. Yeah. Um, so you're you're a band of you're a band of soldiers. Yep. Um, you the the soldiers are all just you know they're aesthetic. They're not really meant. They don't have any kind of like special abilities. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember that myself. I actually think they did. I, I believe they did as well. <laughs> they did have special um, abilities. But uh, each of the soldier, you uh, your your goal is to survive. You're supposed to survive until the end of. Uh, you get back. I believe it's like you get back to base, or the war ends. Right. Um, but each time you you still have to complete missions. If you don't complete missions, uh, which are like you know you the, it throws a card at you. And there's, there's like a, a little small deck of cards for each mission, and you're flipping over cards, and you're trying to use the cards in your hand to get through the mission. But some of the cards you gain throughout your time playing are these traumatic things that will impede you and make it harder for you to play. Like, it might be something like you have to play the last card and you have to play this card last. It might be something like you are terrified of the night so you can't, like, if you play this card during night. And long story short, if you end up getting three of the the really bad jujus... You pretty much become, like, catatonic and you can't complete the mission. And your mission fails. Yeah. Because you have to succeed together um, uh, the the way you get rid of someone's trauma is that if you do succeed in a mission, you get like little boons, like you get little boons, which are like uh, speeches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you use a speech to uh, essentially gather your troops' morale up a little bit and get rid of one of the bad things. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a blast playing this with you, man. Me too, uh, primarily because of its difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I really had to. It's such a simple game once you start playing, like in terms of actually the mechanics of it. But the strategy is so deep that that's where the complicated part comes in. And we had like, when I say we won the second time, it was still a struggle. It was. We, we and I'm had pretty to, sure we played on like the easiest setting too. I believe so. There were like, there's there, there's ways to increase the difficulty, and Jengis and I had to play on the easiest setting, and even that was incredibly difficult. Like to the point where. We're not sure how you can actually beat a more difficult setting. Yeah, I would definitely be more curious to play this with more people. Um, you know, we would... <laughs> it was fun because you get, like, these cards that, um, like, nullify. Uh, so each card has, like, day or night, uh, a a battlefield condition. Or Sunny, rainy, dark. Snowy. Snowy. Um, well, I said day or night. Um, and... 
because you can have knights now. Right. Um, and also, like, a some kind of impedi- uh, something to impede you, whether it be, like, bullets, like you're under fire. Poison. Poison, or, you know. What was the, what was the third thing? A, stabby knife? I, I believe it was stabby knife. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the objective is to not have as many of those things out on the field at the same time and go through your hand. Right. If you, um, that's, that's what I meant where if you have, like, I think it was three... Was three the number that you ends the game for you? If you have three of like one thing, yeah, three or one thing, you fail the mission. Yeah, and then more cards are put on top, and more cards yeah. put onto the deck that you're trying to get yeah. through. Yeah, um, and your, your goal is to go through the deck, um, and that's in the deck is also those those traumas, right? Um, so you know, we there are also things that let you nullify uh, all of like one type. Uh, I think that's what that's what the speeches was. That's what the speeches was. I'm sorry. Speeches nullify one type of impediment. So it's like, what is snow? Snow's nothing. It's just wet, frozen, frozen water. We we can survive without snow. And that you, was the fun fact. Jengis and I would both go out of our way to make the speech. I think that was actually in the rules too. But like, we would go out of our way to just like making it like an inspiring speech to one another. Like, you know uh, the, what I mean? The, what, like, what you do is when you win and succeed a mission, then you can morale. And that lets you cheer someone up. And if someone has the most cheers, they get to get rid of trauma. Yeah. The only thing that you kind of run into in a two-player game that makes it a little bit tricky. You have to play with a... You you play with a dummy player for the morale portion of the game. So it's hard because there's these tokens that only pass in certain directions. And either left or right. And sometimes the dummy player, and it's hard to maneuver that. But Jengis yeah. and I figured it out, we, I think. We definitely figured it out. I would, that's what, also why I would love to play with more people because yeah. that, that becomes more dynamic. Sure. Because sometimes you just don't have all the pieces and you kind of have to plan that out as well. Yep. Um, you know, all it's 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 really cheap. Um, you could probably find it at... You you find know, a Barnes and Noble. Find a Bar- is it Barnes and Noble? I saw it there today, yeah, actually. A, so I, I was like, cool. oh, there's Grizzled. Grizzled. Great game. It's actually why I suggested we reviewed it today. Because <laughs> I was like, hey, I know that game. <laughs> but but all in all, I think it's a great game. Yeah. Uh, two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Way up. Go I know Jengis and I like most things, but hey. Hey. We're gamers. This, I also... I don't buy bad, bad games. board games. <laughs> we should. You know what else we should do? Maybe on our next podcast, I was thinking. I've been playing so many, like, kids games. We should do, like, a kids game episode. Okay. I think there'll be some thumbs down in there. But, oh. like, I've got, like, Shoots and Ladders and Sorry and um, Candyland. Oh, boy. Uh, don't Spill the Beans. Okay. Uh, Ants in the Pants. <laughs> Ants in the Pants. <laughs> yeah, I got, like, you know, because we're buying it for, the, for my son and, like, you that know. It's just, it's. Get to board games early. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, so we also want to talk about another game. because it's not it was, a kid's game. It was very, very news light this week. If you haven't, t- if you weren't able to tell. Yeah. Um, so the second game we want to talk about is Summoner Wars. This month, technically. Yeah, this month. I apologize. It's fine. <laughs> Summoner Wars. Summoner Wars. Summoner Wars is a card game. Uh, it's uh, it's a board game, but uses cards. I apologize. Uh, so it, it's a two-player game uh, that you could play f- multiple, but really plays best as a two-player game. Yep. Uh, it's a game of strategery. Um, strategery. You, you, the, I have the master set that comes with all the expansions, mm-hmm. um, but there's also there's additional. I actually found out there's another set. I'll tell you about that after we review it. Cool. Um, the But essentially, the, the set comes with uh, different races, like you have vampires, orcs, uh, mages, um, you have like these uh, berserker kind of people, like Norse kind of people, um, and they, you know, they, they all have the different. Drow. They all have different. They they have a leader, 
and they have like various amounts of troops. And then you have like spells, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, and there's a game board, and yeah. there's it. It's an open board, but it starts off as two uh, two sides. Yeah. Um, the, you the have game, a side to start your build, and your opponent has a side yeah, to start the you build. You get a card that tells you what initial troops you have on the field in the beginning. Yep. And you place um, them accordingly. And you can only uh, so essentially you can only uh, you can only play cards on your side unless a card tells you otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can only play it by your wall pieces. Uh, you have these walls that are like uh, that obstruct. Uh, line of sight uh, and you can spawn your and movement and movement and you spawn your monsters around them but they also have health so your opponent can destroy them all your all your monsters have health uh, as well as your leader the objective of the game is to kill your leader uh, kill your opponent's leader I have, <laughs> yeah um, the way you attack is uh, usually a a Melee has to be closed, range yeah. has to, can be far. Yeah, and you roll die, and then if you get, I believe, three or higher, or like four or higher... There's a number, and if you surpass it, yeah, you deal damage. You deal damage. Um, um, most of the creatures also have um, secondary effects yep. that go off. Maybe immobilize something, or maybe they have like a charge ability. Or, or like a scout can move and... Uh, it's, it's it's one of those games where it's like there's the general rules that you get and then the specific rules on the cards that slightly break those general rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the cards supersede the um, general rules. Um, I played the Drow Army. Uh, I believe I played the Orcs. Yes. Um, uh, and I believe you won. I did win. Um I think it was... It, it got down to it. It, it was close, <laughs> but I believe you did win. And... I remember thinking to myself, like, it was a fun game, but yeah. I, I, but I, de- I definitely, like, looking back, don't know what if I, I would have picked the Drown now that, like, it was one of those things where, so how I learn games is the, the is easiest says, way. Jenkins, stop explaining and let's just play. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's literally the majority of our game playing. Jenkins will bring over a board game, he'll start to explain it, and I'm like, dude, just let's play the game because that's how I learn best. And that's, I mean, you know, Jagus can attest. I, I do. I learn the yeah. game that way. Yeah. Like I, it's just easier it's a, for me. It's a standard. It's a, it's a normal way to learn a game. Yeah. I mean like, can I learn a game from a rule book? Yes. But I have to be the one reading it. Game being explained to me is like nails on a chalkboard. I just have to play, like just get my hands into it. And then it can be explained as I go along. I'll mm-hmm. ask questions. Things will happen. So now knowing the game, um, I don't think I would have picked the drow. Yeah, I understand. I would have picked those cool blue the people, wizards. the wizards. Yeah. They seemed like they had a lot of cool utility a, that I could have uh, bouncing. Used. You could bounce people around a lot. Yeah. Um, and they have a lot of range abilities. Yeah. Um, that, that seemed like more of a, I think a, a strategy I could have, I could have dealt with easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still had fun. Yeah. Listen, I'm very competitive and there are a lot of games where if I lose, I don't necessarily have as much fun because like I lost. I had great fun playing Summoner Wars and still losing. I thought it was a, gr- a great game. Yeah. Uh, it's a solid game. Uh, you know, there's a lot. Like, there's a lot of variety. How in much the does the base set? game run? It's not that expensive. I'll look it up. Well, real I mean, quick. not that expensive in board game terms, or like actually not that expensive because Grizzled is not that expensive. Grizzled is like fifteen, twenty bucks tops. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> eBay has it for like ninety. I wonder if it's out of. I wonder if it's out of print. Might be out of print. Yeah, I think it's out of print because they made a new master set. Okay. Um, yeah. So the current master set, which is Alliances, let me explain what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, Summoner Wars Alliances has uh, the the normal decks, uh, but also has new alliances, mm-hmm. which are hybrids. So you get like 
Um, the orc drow. Yeah, you get like the orc vampires or like the wizard drow or like something like that. Yeah. And um, that's what they have currently. Uh, that's currently on Amazon at like $60. Yikes. Um, which isn't not bad because you get a lot of stuff look, in one. Look, I know, but we're not talking about value. We're talking about price. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. 60 it's bucks is, It's a video game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a video game. You can play as much as you want. Kids, <laughs> you can play video games as much. Yeah, as Yeah, but sometimes you just play them once and they're done. But uh, but yeah, so you know, it's not. It's I would say mid priced. Yeah, as far as board games. Board go. games. Um, two thumbs up. Yeah, I would also say two thumbs up. Even though the dice sometimes hate me, um, I I still enjoy having it in my collection. As a as a game preview, um, I ordered. You want to talk about expensive for the holidays? <laughs> I ordered a game called Gloomhaven. Ooh, you! Which um, you how much? How much do you know about Gloomhaven? I know what it's about. So it's a dungeon crawler, sort of. Okay. Um, so I because I, I read all about it and I was like, you know, we so kind of kind of rolling us back. We mentioned how um, Jenks and I are both separately playing Time Stories with two different groups, um, which is a legacy game, and. Yeah. It is. Okay. <laughs> Dude, there are things that carry over from game to game. There are indeed things that carry over. But I, I, not, st- I still don't not, know I what that not, card is that Andy has that he we call him Goop Master. Um, I would not classify it as a legacy game as far as legacy games are concerned. I would. Um, and that's where we differ. I would. <laughs> Especially because I have a feeling more and more, like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to snowball. Okay. You know. Um, the, the only reason I would say no is because although they don't... <laughs> They don't explicitly say that there's an order in which these are meant to be played, mm-hmm. though you can play them in the order they're released, but you can also play them independent of each other, and it would not change the game. In some cases, it would. In some cases, it would. I agree. The latter half, they started doing things like referencing older... Which is why I think... I don't yeah, know. I understand, it's but I'm saying, like, as it, you know... Legacy you, light. I still wouldn't call it that. I would. It's really its own thing. Regar- it's its own thing. It's its own thing. <laughs> Regardless, um, which is still a great game, by the way, um, having played all the expansions so far, Time Story still holds up. Um, but the group that I'm playing with wanted something in the downtime, because now that we're caught up, we enjoyed playing our monthly little... little, little like, for us, it's a legacy game. Specifically because, I don't know how you guys do it, but we role play our time cops so we it's don't really role play so much as me just so play. those so it's we our ch- time more cops as a board game. see our time cops it's the same characters going through this story that's fun so that's why for us i feel like it has more of a legacy feel i could see that um but anyway um we w- wanted something of that flavor and wanted to play more games and i suggested it could be any game didn't have to be a legacy game but one of the members james was like you know i want it to be legacy so i ordered gloomhaven which very expensive, $150 um, for a 20-pound board game. It weighs 20 pounds. Yes, I know. It's 20. huge. <laughs> um, because it is an all-inclusive, legacy, part dungeon crawly, part world buildy, history buildy, character buildy game. Um there's a, a whole series on the website um, written, a seven-part um, blog written by the creator of the game 
And I believe the title is something to the effect of like how to turn dun- uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons into a board game in like 736 easy steps. Um, and even though it's actually only seven, uh, seven part yeah. series, mm-hmm. it's fascinating to understand the mechanics of the game and how he boiled this down because his whole thing was he wanted it to be simple but have enough room to be complicated complica- uh, to have enough strategy to be complicated in in essence but simple in its mechanics yeah simple um, to learn simple to learn easy to, to play yeah. difficult to, to master to master and manage um and there's a world he he built a, a general world that becomes more filled in the more you play. There are areas that become available and dungeons that become available that weren't there before. Your characters gain loot and experience and eventually like your character has a main objective and when you complete that your character retires and you get a new character and it's not just the base characters as you play through the game more characters unlock because within the box set are is like an A to Z prepackaged packs that like you might finish a dungeon it might be like open pack Q. Now that's legacy game. <laughs> yeah. And in Q there's like, you know, a new area of the map you just got that you now put on there and some loot and a couple characters that you didn't have before that are more powerful. Now you can do more powerful dungeons and like it is essentially a D&D campaign but all inclusive within a box. Um, I'm very excited to play it. I agree. I cannot wait. I hope they'll join us for it. Oh, I would love to. Um, I I don't know when it's coming. The the most recent update said January. It looks like it's going to be shipped out because um the people who kickstarted it this is actually the the second edition of it. They he did it once and it was it was received well, and now he's so much so that he's doing it again. It's the I think the number one most. Uh, number one hottest game of 2017 on Board Game Geek. It is. And the number two overall ranked game. It on, has, it has on, a lot of heat behind it. Yeah. So um, the people that joined the Kickstarter for the second edition have had their games shipped to them. And now retailers are getting them. But the shipments to retailers are being held until the stock can fill all the orders at once. So they're not... They have the games. They're just not shipping them because they want everybody to get them at the same time in terms of retail. They don't want, uh, for competitive purposes, one retailer to get their games before everyone else. And then this other small, you know, Shop A, Highlander gets all their games and New World doesn't. So everybody goes to Highlander to buy. You know what I mean? They don't want that to happen. Yeah, I understand. Um, so I think the the most recent update estimated sometime in January, hopefully. Um, so look out for for us to review that game. Yeah, as much as we can. Yeah, without spoiling things. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, that rounds out our our podcast for the month. Join us next month for our uh, official two year anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Well, well it's close to it. Our twenty fourth episode. Yes. So it will. It's the end of uh, our our second year in publication. If that's what you want to call it. <laughs> Uh, syndicate. Syndication. Syndication. <laughs> no, publication. Not uh, I, I'm not sure what you would say for a podcast. For our 24th episode. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for listening. Yes. Thank you. And have a happy new year. Yes. And we're casting on New Year's Eve right now. So mm-hmm. happy new year. If you liked this episode of You Shall Not Pass Go, please subscribe. Our episodes are monthly and you can find this and many more podcasts on geekade.com. If you'd like to share your opinions about the topics of the episode or you just want to say hi, email us at ysmpgcast at gmail.com.